0: Hello and welcome to MGMA Small Talk, where we discuss issues facing practice administrators across the healthcare world. I'm Shannon Geist, staff writer and editor at MGMA, and today I'm speaking with Mark McLaughlin, a former commissioner and a site reviewer for the Electronic Healthcare Network Accreditation Commission. Mark has also served on the board of directors of several healthcare industry associations, including the Workgroup for Electronic Data Interchange, the Association for Electronic Healthcare Transactions, and the American Accreditation Healthcare Commission. He is widely considered an industry expert with regard to HIPAA and high tech. Mark is leading a session at this year's MGMA annual conference titled Ensuring Data Security Through Better Vendor Compliance. Mark is here with us today to talk about data security and how to implement and monitor compliance policies and practices. Welcome, Mark.
1: Thank you, Shannon. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Great. Um, So first off, um, can, can you just talk a little bit about the importance of cybersecurity for a medical practice.
1: Sure. In this increasingly electronic world, cyber attacks have become more prevalent. 72% of the malicious attacks focused on the healthcare sector are targeting medical practices and their systems. So it's imperative that medical practices have a comprehensive security framework in place to guard against such attacks.
0: Great. What are the most common types of vulnerabilities that medical practices need to be concerned with?
1: I think more often than not, the most vulnerable link in any medical practice is the workforce. Workforce that's unaware of such threats, um, like phishing emails, clicking on malicious links, or incorporating weak passwords, only allow hackers the ability to enter into systems where no access should be allowed. Proper education of the workforce helps create awareness and reduce the likelihood that such attacks will be successful.
0: Great. Um, so, what are some of the things that administrators can do to protect their practice, particularly in regards maybe to the workforce? Right. Well, there's there's a few things that
1: that um, that encompass not only the workforce but overall um, security framework in general. Um, number one, they should have a comprehensive set of security and policies and procedures that will reinforce the control of application systems and workforce actions there should be um, they should be able to create controls that address the organization's administrative physical and technical safeguards and then here adhere to the policies and procedures that 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 i've just noted above and also perform risk assessments on a regular basis to identify potential weaknesses in the medical practices environment technical infrastructure or even the workforce, and then also develop a comprehensive disaster recovery plan and emergency mode operations plan to allow the organization to, re- to recover quickly should a disaster strike. Overall, a practice should not only be able to show the policies and procedures related to their security framework, but also to show how those policies and procedures have been implemented.
0: Could you tell me a little bit about more about how to check or how to sort of um, analyze your vulnerabilities as an administrator for, for a practice? Is there a certain um, things that, that are easy to look out for or certain things to, to, to be looking at uh, in particular?
1: Um, so relative to um, vulnerabilities, there are definitely some things that um, the organization can look toward. They've got to be able to, to analyze um, uh, what types of exposure they have relative to the environment, relative to workforce, relative to systems that they've implemented, um, you know, so that even brings it down to what what uh, vendors they're using and what type of due diligence those vendors do as it relates to their own security.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how can administrators uh, ensure vendor compliance?
1: In order to ensure your vendors are compliant with HIPAA or anything else, a certain amount of due diligence must take place. So HIPAA requires that covered entities ensure that their business associates and the subcontractors uh, of those business associates actually adhere to the same restrictions and conditions that apply to the covered entity themselves. Therefore. Um, the vendor should either have in place the same administrative, physical, and technical safeguards as the covered entity, and an administrator must either perform that due diligence themselves or rely on a third-party accrediting organization like ENAC to perform that due diligence on their behalf. If a medical practice contractually requires ENAC accreditation of the practice management vendors, for example, then no due diligence would need to be performed because ENAC would perform that for them.
0: What's what's the why for uh, the importance of ensuring vendor compliance? Why why that uh, why is that such an important thing to be yeah. to be thinking about?
1: Sure, um, vendors actually hold the keys to the protected health information within the practice, so they're the ones that are are receiving the data. They're the ones that are storing the data in their data centers. So if if they're not appropriately safeguarded your practice could potentially be at risk. So it's critical that practice ensures that their vendors have in place the safeguards necessary to protect that data.
0: What are some of the questions that um, that a, an administrator should be asking their vendors uh, in order to, to conduct some of that due diligence to really check for some of those vulnerabilities?
1: Sure, the, the first thing would be um, the easy way out, and that is, are you ENAC accredited for the Practice Management Systems Accreditation Program? if you have a practice management system vendor that you're addressing, there's also other certifications for other types of vendors. For example, the EHR should be ONC certified. Um, so there's, um, there's definitely some things that could be accomplished relative to due diligence and rely on accreditations or certifications of those vendors in the particular types of software that they may have. Um, because that's, Really, those organizations put, place a major focus on risk mitigation uh, for the practices. Or otherwise, the, the practice, the medical practice themselves would need to ask for the vendors to provide the practice with evidence of the administrative, physical, and technical safeguards in place. Then, that, then an evaluation needs to take place, a very detailed evaluation in order to make sure nothing's missed. So if a if a practice doesn't have the resource available to validate all of the requirements at, at HIPAA of HIPAA, I'm sorry, it's best to rely on accrediting organizations such as ENAC or, or as I said, the ONC certifications um, mm-hmm. certification. One of the benefits of uh, ENAC is that ENAC actually performs also a physical site review of vendor organizations, office facilities, data centers, and outsource vendors to ensure that the physical security compliance requirements are being met. So it's not just a focus on the administrative policies and procedures or the technical evaluation of access controls and things like that, but also seeing that they have security within their facilities themselves.
0: Mm -hmm. So what are some of um, maybe the red flags that uh, practice administrators should be looking out for um, when they are doing this due diligence? Are there certain outside of maybe just accreditations, are there other things that might point to um, vulnerabilities?
1: Um, well, yeah, missing, of course, missing policies and procedures is always a, a major red flag. Making sure that the vendor workforce has been properly trained, making sure that they're training on a regular basis, for example, at least annually they should be training, making sure that they have threatened vulnerability assessments in place relative to their own systems and not just an internal review from the organization themselves, but also a third party review so that, so that, uh, you know, or I'm sorry, so that the medical practice can, can be sure that, um, that, that any holes have been plugged in the, in the vendor systems. hmm
0: Uh, turning back toward the, uh, the practice itself, um, what, what is a compli- Why is a compliance strategy um, an important thing for the medical practice to have?
1: Um, from my experience in reviewing organizations, often they have in place things that they think are good enough. They have a good enough strategy to compliance. But once we start digging into things like uh, the policies and procedures and the actual implementation of those policies and procedures, the actual execution of those policies and procedures, it's often discovered that the policies and procedures aren't being enforced and that training becomes an afterthought. The controls, once put in place, will remain as implemented for long, long periods of time without review or modification. An effective compliance strategy is a living and breathing thing that must be nurtured and changed. So um, every time you change your environment, you also need to be able to, to modify your controls. You need to go through your risk assessment again in order to validate that there are or aren't any risks with the changing environment.
0: Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that should be included in that strategy? Are there some specific um, aspects that you would recommend
1: Wow. There's, there's just so many things to mention that I'm not yeah. sure we have the time, but suffice <laughs> to say it's it's important that the compliance strategy includes the administrative, physical, and technical safeguards that are highlighted in HIPAA. That's a very good start. Um, a comprehensive risk assessment should be performed, as I said, by a third party, at least annually, because the third party is going to take a non-biased look at, at your systems. Um, it's often Often seen that an organization will um, will rent a software or purchase a software tool that would do a vulnerability test for them. Um, But again, it's only as good as the information that's actually being put into the system itself. So a third party really takes a non-biased look at look at those types of things, and then also uh, having a comprehensive disaster recovery plan, business continuity, emergency mode operations plan should be in place and
0: tested at least annually. Mm-hmm. What are some of the most common mistakes administrators make when dealing with cybersecurity?
1: I believe that the most common mistake is that believing that it, an attack couldn't happen to them, which causes a lapse in judgment. Um, so many folks that are in the security world think that they can cover things very quickly and easily with uh, by tweaking some things within their systems. But also believing that your workforce would not be fooled into making uh, the right decision not to open that email or click on that link uh, those are some things that that just happen and and these these folks that are sending out these phishing email attacks are getting very good they're making um, they're making those emails look like legitimate emails whether that be from a workforce another workforce member within this the facility even the boss of some people might think that, that the boss has sent them something that um, that they should be looking at, so they'll click on a link. And when in fact the the boss may not have sent that email at all, because um, the email address could have been spoofed by somebody else. So as much as an administrator should look into the vendors to ensure compliance, it's equally important to look within and perform a stringent a due diligence process internally as well as externally.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think um, are some of the most common barriers for for practices to really um, to to really take uh, take this stuff seriously and, and and do something about it? Well,
1: probably the biggest barrier is going to be the cost uh, because you have to employ either employ the resource to do this or or know and trust the organization that's performing that due diligence on your behalf. So, uh, of course, medical practices are always concerned about costs and, um, and in implementing a good security strategy is it could be uh, definitely a costly effort. Mm
0: -hmm. But in general, do you, do you think that that cost um, is worth, worth
1: it? It absolutely is worth it. We see, uh, almost in, every day, or at least every month now, that there have been um, infractions relative to HIPAA, where 500 people or more uh, protected health information has been exposed to uh, an organization that it shouldn't have been exposed to. So um, we're seeing more and more of that, and um, the graphs are showing a steep incline in in those types of infractions, and so. The cost to a provider not to have a security compliance strategy in place could be multiplied, um, you know, tenfold or a hundredfold if they're not protecting that information and their their data gets taken.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, you've covered a lot of stuff for us already regarding um, cybersecurity and the steps that that administrators should be taking is there anything else that you'd like to add maybe something that we've we haven't talked about yet that you that you really want um, administrators to know i know that
1: there's been um, mostly the probably one of the larger lapses in a provider organizations and one of the things that that's required for them to do relative to an EHR certification, for example, is to have a risk assessment in place. Um, And that risk assessment should be looking at, again, as I said earlier, it should be looking at not only the environment of where the practice is located, but also should be looking at um, the systems that are being implemented in the workforce and disgruntled employees, taking into consideration all those types of things. What the most likely, um, what the most likely Events could be that would cause um, a breach in security of protected health information. So, so really focusing in on those types of things, I think, are things that the providers would want to do most in order to um, to begin with a security framework.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Mark, for taking the time to talk with us today. You're welcome. Uh- yeah. Uh, to register for Mark's session at annual conference and for more resources regarding data security, check out our episode page at mgma.org podcasts. Thanks for listening to MGMA Small Talk. Tune in next time when we talk to Randy Blue about how to make your billing processes more patient friendly.